You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Hello, I hope you guys are doing great out there. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Hope everything is wonderful in your world. A special thank you to all of you who are spreading the word about the Paranormal Portal Podcast. It really means the world to us, and we've been meeting lots of new listeners all the time. And you guys are really key to the growth that we've experienced. And thank you so much to those of you who have spread the word, and thank you to those of you who will spread the word. Uh, of course, the Paranormal Portal is a place for everybody to share their experiences. So if you have an, uh, some paranormal experiences you'd like to share, please feel free to get a hold of me via email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Just get a hold of me and we'll get it dialed in and get you on the show as well. First one I'm going to read you tonight is coming out of Washington, <clears throat> and they allege it has to do with go- a poltergeist. Now, oftentimes in the paranormal, we hear people saying the word poltergeist. If something moves, poltergeist. And it's kind of the same thing that happens in a lot of things in the paranormal, like if something is negative, it's a demon. If something moves, it's a poltergeist. Um, you know, it's, it, yeah, I don't know. I think poltergeists are extraordinarily rare. Um, and they don't happen quite as often as people would believe, but it's a term people know. Because if a haunting has a, any kind of physical activity at all, people consider that to be uh, indicative of poltergeist. And it is. But there is a lot more to the poltergeist phenomena than just having things moving and uh, you know being an active haunt. So just so you know, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but I just think it's part of my job to kind of explain those things as I understand them. Um, and again, poltergeist hauntings usually generate from a person or are attached to a person. And 90 plus percent of the time that person is usually 
uh, teen or a bit younger female. That seems to be where the manifestation is happening. So, all right. But anyway, let's see what the story has to say. So this, this isn't an extremely big deal, but last night I had a couple of things that seemed a little strange. First, when I was coming inside my house, I barely pushed the door shut and it slammed. I opened it and pushed it lightly again and it slammed again. I did this a couple more times. And then when I asked my grandma to watch and when she looked, I pushed it lightly and it didn't shut. It barely moved like it normally does. But as soon as she went to the other room, <laughs> I opened it lightly, lightly pushed it, and it slammed shut again. I think there was an entity, possibly a little kid that was just trying to have some fun. I don't know if it was har harmful at all, but later that night, I was laying in the bed, and right by my ear, I heard an extremely loud pop. Kind of like poppers when you get on the 4th of July, when you throw at the ground and they pop, only it was a lot louder and right by my head. I believe this was also a little kid and he seems really nice and just wants someone to play with. I, I believe a little boy used to live on the property and in my neighbor's house and they may have played when, he, when my house now is... What? It says, I believe a little boy used to live on that property in my neighbor's house and may have played where my house now is. Okay, I get it now, sorry. And it's a modular home, and it didn't used to be there. It was just farmland. Maybe he used to have a playhouse in that area. I don't know. It's, it, it's possible. Again, I'm not a big, a big subscriber to the whole kid's ghost thing, but uh, I, I do recognize that, they, that there are children ghosts out there. Um, I just don't know how. I don't know why. That's really a stumper for me. Uh, again, I just don't know how they would just be stranded. But anyway, let's continue on our journey. The next one is coming out of Texas. And this one is, It all started when my grandmother came to our house to bless my sister's room before the new baby came home. She went in there and said some prayers and then she came out. Weeks later, my sister had come home from one of uh, prayer meetings and had been reading certain prayers to say at the next meeting, and she was getting ready for bed, and she laid down and started to pray. And when she got to this one prayer, the whole bed started to shake. So she tried to run out of the room, but couldn't open the door. And when she tried to get through the window, it was locked. We have no windows that lock. I could hear her scream from my parents, and it felt like we couldn't get in there fast enough. Finally, she was able to run out of the room screaming, and the next morning, we called my grandmother back to see what she had done. My grandmother walked in, stayed for a few minutes, and then she came out with a smile, and she said, No está aquí, which means, it's not here. She never told us what she did, and my sister, until this day, has not told us the prayer she was saying that started all this, but the room still gives me the creeps. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I know it's still there. I can feel the worst feeling of being watched in my room is always the coldest. If you would like to know more about what else happened in the house or in my room, please add a comment and I'll, I'll tell the story for you. We don't know what else happened there. We may never know. 
We may never know, ladies and gentlemen. The next one is coming out of New Jersey. New Jersey. This is my second story on this forum. And hello to everyone. I'm Ria. And this story took place when I was visiting my aunt alone in New Jersey in the United States. And my aunt used to tell me stories when I was little that her house was a big haunted mansion. I used to get scared, but I had never believed her until something actually happened to me. The day I entered the house for the first time, everything felt weird. I felt as if someone was staring at me. Through the windows of the guest room, I used to get goosebumps as I took baby steps towards the window on the wall, but as I opened it, I used to see a blonde girl running in the backyard. This continued until one day I went to my aunt and told her my experience, and she said that 14 years ago, this house belonged to a young couple and their five-year-old girl. And I asked her if the girl was blonde, and at that, she took me to a closet in the attic and showed me a photo of that family, and yes, the girl was blonde. I figured out that the girl I saw was the same as in the photo. The next day, in the evening, my window was open, and I saw a girl staring back at me from my window, and it obviously was the blonde girl again, but then, suddenly, I saw that her eyes were totally black. And I mean that she didn't have the white part a person usually has. She started to come to me, and I totally freaked out. I realized she wasn't a good spirit, but a bad one. I started shouting for my aunt and looked towards the door, and as I turned my face, I was just one centimeter away from the blonde girl's face. And I started to back off and ran into my aunt's room, and guess what? My aunt was sound asleep. But that girl was lying down, dead next to my aunt. And I woke my aunt, and she also saw the girl dead. It was 5 a.m. Suddenly the girl got up and says, You're dead. She said it to me. I got really scared, but after that day, the girl never returned. From that incident, and I was 10 years old at the time, until now, and I'm 12, I believe in ghosts and spirits and demons, and, but I still can't figure out what that girl told me. Why did she say I was dead? When she didn't put her words into action until now. P.S. If anyone would like to comment or tell me their views about why she had said those words, please go ahead, because I'm really confused. I don't know. That is a, kick, a confusing one. I'm going to see if anybody had any good advice here. Um, maybe she said you're dead because she wanted to kill you that day, but she never suicided or never succeeded. It's just really bad. It's like S-U-C-C-I-D-E-D succeeded <laughs> that's a pretty literal uh, phonetic translation there but because maybe she thought you would stay and let her kill you but you didn't and you stuck up for yourself maybe not one day she will come back but i doubt it i don't know i, <laughs> I don't know it's hard to say I, I wish i had some kind of feedback on that one but i don't i don't know why they would say that <clears throat> if it wasn't a foreboding or an omen or if it was just Maybe it was trying to frighten her enough that she would have an accident. I don't know. There is such a thing as being scared to death, but who knows?
Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in the first one's coming out of idaho idaho where you go to idaho all right this one's from 2007 again and it says my in 1988 my second wife and i were living in a house that i bought from my brother and his wife her first husband had committed suicide by shooting himself in the master bedroom. And she couldn't stand to live in that house. And they'd been renting it out until they moved out of state. And I bought it from them. And things went pretty good for a while. Then we started having problems with this ghost. Several times my wife said that she saw a figure of a man standing in our bedroom in the middle of the night. Then we started having things move around that we couldn't explain. I, I, if we put something down in the living room and we're out of the room for a few minutes and then we, when we came back, the object would be moved to a new table or it'd be on the floor. One night when we were sitting in the living room watching television and all of a sudden the television in the basement came on at full volume. I went running downstairs to see if we had someone in our basement as my wife and I were the only ones living in the house. And When I got downstairs, I shut off the TV and looked all over the basement, but couldn't find anyone. This happened several more times, and I finally unplugged the TV from the wall. I, I had only been back upstairs for a few minutes when the TV came back on at full volume again. I went back downstairs, and I moved the TV to the middle of the room after, and after I unplugged it again. My wife was scared to death that this ghost was going to harm us, and she wanted to sell the house and move somewhere else. I told her we could have my parents, who were ministers, come down and maybe do an exorcism on the house or something and see if we could get rid of the unwanted guest. So I called my folks and explained what had been going on and that my wife wanted to move out, and I asked them if they would come down and see if they could get rid of our, our guest, and they said they would be right down. My parents came to the house and they started praying in all the rooms and blessing each room with holy water. And They moved from room to room until 
They had been in every room of the house, and they also did the garage. We lived in the house for six more years and never had any more problems with our unwanted guest. Then all of a sudden, my wife started seeing black demons calling to her to the dark side, and I ended up putting her in the hospital as she was wanting to commit suicide. The doctor said she was paranoid and manic-depressive and was having delusions. He kept her in the hospital overnight on a suicide watch and put her on medications. And when she got home, she got better each day for a few months, and then things were fine. Then the real problem started. As she went off of her medications and didn't tell me, she thought she was well and didn't need them anymore, and she would fly off the handle at a drop of a hat and throw things at me, and she got upset with me because I didn't take a box did not because I did not get a box taken to the basement as fast as she wanted me to. As I walked out the front door and towards the gate going into the front yard, she threw a large mug of iced tea at me, and it ticked my ear just before crashing into the iron gate and shattered all over the driveway. A few days later, she got upset with me in the kitchen and threw a skillet at me, and I ducked, and it went through the sheetrock, and I repaired the hole, and two days later, I was going to the basement. She yelled at me to wait and take something to the basement for her. I had already taken the first step down, and she kicked me in, in, in backside, and I fell down the stairs, hitting the wall at the bottom real hard. I did not have any major injuries, but I decided that this was the last straw. I told her I was moving out and until she went back on her medications, and she started yelling at me in a man's voice. It was then that I figured out that she had been possessed by our unwanted guest. She refused to have an exorcism done on her, and we ended up getting a divorce, and she tried killing her new boyfriend about a year later by shoving him out of the driver's door as he drove them down the road. She now lives by herself and refuses help from anyone. This is not the way I wanted our relationship to end, but she would, she would not let me help her. She still lives in the house, and I'm sure that the uninvited guest is back, or at least is still inside of her. She won't talk to me, so I really don't know for sure. That is just horrible, and that's the problem with those things. And again, they... they they have all the time in the world, right? So if it's a dark spirit and they want to they wanna attach or oppress or possess, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of time. They're going to try and try and try and try to break through your defenses. They're going to try to wear you down. They're going to try to make everything dark and unhappy and, and, and just destroy your will. And sometimes they succeed, sometimes they don't. Um, it's tough. It's really tough. And the, and the thing with, with any exorcism, um, I guess it, it does make sense. So the, the parents had come to exercise the house, but if during their exorcism there was no place for this spirit to go, then the only option it had was to latch on to a living person as maybe a last-ditch effort before it was banished to another realm or whatever happens in exorcisms. I, I, you know, I can only guess, but... Um, that is pretty tragic and I don't know, I, it's, it's just a tough, tough thing. Those dark, dark spirits are, are, are just tenacious. They don't have any, 
any reason to, you know, to leave or, you know, unless they're banished, they really have to be banished somehow. And there's lots of different rituals to have that happen. Um, exorcism, of course, being one of them, but there are other things that could be done with the person, maybe without them even, you know, being directly aware of it, that, you know, could could hopefully push a spirit away or at least loosen its hold enough to get through to the person being affected. I think about that so often. It's like, you know, how many possessions are 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 really being misdiagnosed as, uh, you know, mental illness. How many? So if she really had a dark spirit in her and you he heard her talking in a man's voice, um, <laughs> that's a horrible, horrible situation to be in. And God, it's just got to be horrible uh, to look at someone you love and, and not be able to help them. So, wow, that's a, that's a dark story. I hope I hope they finally figured it out. Hmm. Terrible stuff, ladies and gentlemen. But you know, I think I think there is there is. We clean our houses regularly. You know, we 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 drag a vacuum around, we dust. We you know we do things in a manner of maintenance to keep our houses clean. In our Western civilization, we really don't think much about the emotional energies about how they build up and how, how they manifest in different ways. So, you know, while we'll scrub a toilet until, you know, you could almost eat off of it, we oftentimes don't, don't give much measure to the, to the spiritual cleansing that should be happening. We as, we as creator beings are constantly pushing vibration and energy into our world. We're constantly bombarding our surroundings with what we're sending out. So the walls of your home are permeated with whatever you are exuding. So if you are a happy, loving person, your whole entire home is going to be a happy, happy and loving place. And people are going to remark to you about how much they like coming over and how much they like hanging out at your house. And they may not even know why, but they just know that it's, it's a place that feels warm and, and, and it feels welcoming, and that's a, that's a manifestation of the people that live there. We think that we're just in these bodies, and this is the end. Like, your skin is not a barrier to the rest of what's around you. We are, you know, resonant beings. Our energies push out into the universe. So I think that we all, of course, get into those down cycles. We all struggle with our emotions from time to time. It's just human nature. It's the human condition. So what we all need to learn to do is after you get done vacuuming and dusting and, and you know, cleaning the glass and whatever you're doing, then take some sage through the house. Knock down those emotional energies. Take some sweet grass and sage and cedar or, or you know, whatever um, mediums you choose to use to cleanse your environment. Take some, uh, you know, specific colored candles and burn them, you know, to push away negative energies Ah, uh, there's so many different things that that you can do, and should do, and as you do those, it'll knock down that negative energy. And it's and I'm I'm pretty sure that if you are already an emotionally sensitive person, not just emotionally but spiritually sensitive person, you're gonna feel a hell of a lot better. You're gonna feel a hell of a lot better. I'm here to tell you that doing the show 
uh, is, I mean, constantly, we're constantly, you know, talking about these energies and therefore I suppose the show becomes a, a type of beacon as well. And sometimes I feel things get so heavy and it, it sometimes causes, you know, bickering. It's just the nature of the beast. But then when, that, when I notice that happening, I'll go get my sage and go through the house and, and the, you know, burning some frankincense as well. And it's like, ah, oh, it's like, you know, it's like you've been carrying a, a load of bricks without realizing it. And then once you do that smudging to yourself and your environment, it's like, oh. So it's not necessarily exercising the house, but it's, it's kind of the same thing as blessing it. Asking the blessings and, you know, whatever works for you. Again, I'm saying sage and, and different things because that's what resonates with me. Maybe for you it's, you know, asking, for, you know, if you're a Christian, asking the Holy Spirit to come and, you know, and, and bring light and, and push the negative out of your home and, you know, and uh, going through the house, you know, reading psalms and blessing the, the space in, in that, that light and, you know, in that in the holiness of, of your faith. So there's many, many different ways. And so I'm not prescribing one way or over another, but what I'm saying is it should be done regularly, whatever that is for you. It should be done regularly. And you're going to feel that in your world. You're going to feel that, that lightness come back. And I'm, I'm not saying it's going to make everything like a Disney cartoon, but I'm saying that it'll help, you know. I mean, when we dust, we know that we're going to have to dust again because... There's always dust. Well, you know, when you cleanse, you know you're going to have to cleanse again because we're emotional beings. And we are permeating our surroundings with these emotions. So just some thoughts. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. But I think it's, it's an important thing. And it's something that we in the Western world forget about all the time. We forget. So light the incense, you know, cleanse your home, say your prayers, whatever works for you. That's all I can say. So I hope, I hope you don't mind. So um, I hope that's making sense for you guys, but I think it's it's just a, a really good a really good thing to do regularly. Weekly, I think, is great. Really, really, lots of love. <laughs> yeah, gotta cleanse that energy. Always cleanse the energy. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we gotta take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in okay ladies and gentlemen let's see what's next that's a really sad story though god this one sounds kind of cool and this one coming out of alaska and it has to do with pet psychic so I'm kind of excited to read it. All right, so let's hear about this pet psychic thing. I, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I've, I, you know, I can't say for certain it wasn't staged, but I did watch uh, a video that where a guy was running, a, a, he was running a, a big cat sanctuary, and he had this one, this one panther who was absolutely not adjusting, not adjusting, and it came from a really crappy environment. But he brought, it was brought to the sanctuary. And uh, was having a hell of a lot of problems. And so he, he found out about this pet psychic. So he had her come in. And uh, they recorded it. And 
they recorded her going over and and you know and sitting in front of the in front of the cat and just looking at it and it at her and stuff and she started to asking him questions like oh you know he he wants you to know that he likes this but he doesn't like this and uh this really concerns him and basically this they had tried to get this thing to come out of its little safety pen and into the bigger enclosure because it had never had that opportunity but apparently this this cat was concerned about this young cub from the place where it was and and it, it couldn't you know relax and unwind until it knew that that cub was okay and the guy said oh yeah yeah that that cub is great and you know and, and proclaimed what had happened to it and after that pet psychic came that thing came right out of its cage and went out into the enclosure and started exploring and stuff but never did it before now is it just a chance kind of thing I don't know. I think there's something to that. I think that, I think that that woman was truly, you know, uh, was truly connecting with that animal and was having that kind of dialogue with it. And I thought, my God, that's incredible. But then again, how many of you out there are pet owners? Many of us are. I'm a pet owner. I mean, I've got a cat. I've had dogs. And, and there are times you'll notice, you'll notice that your animal does something and it might be something you're thinking about or something that's going on or they just tune into us on such a profound level and they connect to us. And sometimes you'd swear they're listening to you and can understand everything you're saying. You know, And everybody that has a pet, if you spend time and you're connected with your pet, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Now, I sincerely believe that that is you guys touching that same place, that we all have that in us to reach that point. And I think it just comes from a really relaxed place and just a really calm, you know, when you're in those calm moments in spirit and, and, you know, we are connecting with our our pets. And so I believe that we all could probably talk to animals, you know, and and I know that sounds really Disney and that's fine because I think that's that's the inspiration of all that, right? That there's the legends of the shamans talking to all the animals and and hearing about things and, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I just think that that's really cool. So I think there is very, very, very talented people that can do this, that can connect with these animals and find out what's troubling them and help them. Now, you know, there is a psychology to animals too, granted, you know, and I don't discount that either because animals have behaviors and can be depressed and happy and, you know, and have the same kind of issues that people can have on an emotional level. And I'm sure there's plenty of trained people that can look for those physical cues and cue into what's going on with the animal as well but the kind of connection i'm talking about now in the in the story that i just told you about this woman had no idea what this cat was all about it had and nobody except for the the owner of the sanctuary knew about that other cub that was real close to this panther nobody else knew about it and so this woman said, oh, he's really concerned about the cub that, that he was close to in the last place, and he wants to know he's okay, and he just can't find peace until he knows that that little cub is okay. And then once the guy said, yeah, it's, you know, the cub is great, and it's got a great home and wonderful people that I know personally, and they, they're you know, going to give him a really wonderful home. And she relayed that back to the cat, and it was just like the transition was just, you know, and granted, it was edited, so I don't know, but at least the way it was edited together, it looked like the transition was like, boom, the cat was happy. He was like, okay, I can be happy now. I can I can experience this new surrounding. And that kind of stuff to me is absolutely exciting. That is cool, you know? That's the fun stuff. And it's like us tapping into that next level 
that we're all yearning for, you know, to get past all this BS and all this, you know, ridiculousness and, you know, cosmetic uh, illusions of our world to touch that real truth, that real connection, that real light. So let's see what this story is all about. Sorry. I just wanted to share that with you guys because that is something that I'm absolutely excited about. And I really believe there's, there's something to that. But maybe this story will be a real let, real let down. I don't know. It's pretty short, so I don't know. It says, I have a friend who sometimes sees the spirit of dead pets. Her brother sometimes sees the spirits of animals. And for instance, when her brother was two or three, what? When her brother was two or three, oh, okay. Their family was at a cabin and a man had shot himself recently and he'd had a, a, a swing, I think it means to say a swing set, but it says swing it in his yard. And my friend's brother had been swinging on it. Uh, his mom was watching him. My friend hadn't been born yet. And even though he could barely talk, he had suddenly said, Mommy, there's a man. There's a man and, pause, he shot himself. Creepy, eh? Once my friends had been laying on the couch, once my friend had been laying on the couch, and suddenly a dog had run down the hall, and she felt like it was protecting her. And when it left, the feeling of protection went away. And later her mom told her the dog's name. And sometimes she sees dogs. And when she describes them to her mom, her mom tells her the names because they were the dogs that she had owned. When there were others that she told me, but I'd forgotten them. However, even though she usually sees dead animals, when she sees spirits, once she heard the cookie jar lid lifting up, and she thought it was her brother stealing cookies, and when she went in there, she saw her dead grandfather, who had loved cookies. <laughs> she left a letter for him, and it disappeared, and I have no proof of any of these, but my friend swore that they're true. She's not the sort of person who would lie about things like this. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between uh, a human psychic and a pet psychic. It's just, it's a different kind of uh, attunement, I guess. So perhaps there's some psychics that can tune to the natural frequencies easier than they can the, the human frequencies, but um, that I don't think there's any real dis distinction other than perhaps a vibrational um, connection. So, um, and perhaps the human psychics, they're tuned into the human frequency easier, but not the animal frequencies. You know, I mean, we're all living, and by virtue of being alive, we all have the divine spark, but I just believe there's, the animals are on a different, um, for the most part, not, not, not completely, but for the most part, I think animals are on a, a different level, and that's not lower or higher, it's just a different kind of frequency and you know that it's cool that some of them choose to live with us like cats and dogs and you know certain certain other animals but i think that's really awesome so i like that story i think it was pretty cool um anyway let's get to this this one's out of california it says i'd gone to california from my house in florida which took me two plane rides to see my brother blake and he was 24 going to be 25 the next month this story takes place barely after my encounter with the evil spirits in my own home, my old home. I don't know what that is, but it's highlighted, so maybe I'll have to read two stories. So I'll read this one first, though. After I got off the plane, I had to get a taxi, which wasn't too hard, and went to Blake's work, the Pontiac Hotel. 
I stayed there for free in room 221, and I loved the room. It was a large one-room place with a largish kitchen. After a week, I decided to stop freeloading and go to summer school every other day, and one mildly warm day, I fell asleep in class. Raven, one of the friends I had made, tapped me on the shoulder, and I tiredly slapped it away, but then it happened again. Miss, she said. Raven never said miss. I peered up, no longer a sleepy, and what I saw wasn't Raven, but a woman in a long dress, a schoolteacher from the 1900s. I fell back in my chair, screaming, Miss, she helped me back up, and I looked around. Kids, kids that wore those old clothes off the golden days. I turned and ran, of course, screaming, screaming. Something was jacked, and I remember I said, I flew through a door and slammed it shut behind me, and I remember my teacher saying that back then the schoolrooms only had one, were one room. So what was this? I opened the window and cried for help, and no one was there to help, and I turned back around and started writing on the chalkboard in long letters, or large letters, Where am I? And next to it wrote, In my world, I want to play with you. I freaked out, and, and the idea struck. Jump out the window. Maybe this was a dream, and the shock would wake me up. I took it and flew out the window, and I awoke, and I was in class again, covered in cuts and bruises from the fall. What fall? I was a, it was a dream, wasn't it? I don't know where it was, but I never went back to that summer school. I never fell asleep in school again. I was forever scared of going to school in the summer, so I did good in school. Any advice to what I experienced? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's, I'd say a lucid dream, but if you came out of it with uh, scratches and stuff, then it's something else. <laughs> I don't know. Very creepy. Let me click on the one that they they had already submitted and said, okay, so this is the story that preceded that one. And this one happened in Jacksonville, Florida, when I was about 11. I lived in this huge house that my grandparents paid for. And I'd always wanted to live in such a mansion-like place, but my sister resented the idea totally. The first few days were fine, except I was separated from my sister for once, and I thought I kept hearing noises like, creaks and giggles and footsteps outside my door. I told my mom about it, but she said that I was hallucinating. I hated when my mom didn't believe me. I can understand that. The following week, things got more strange. I always felt cold and as if someone was watching me. And every time I took a step, my shadow would always be a half step behind me, which wasn't supposed to happen. But then the strangest thing was that I would set things down like, for instance, my mother and I would be baking, and I would put down the mixing spoon for a second to grab the eggs, but when I gave them to my mom, the mixing spoon would be gone, and I would find it later in the fridge or on the ground, and I was totally freaked out by the time a month passed. I couldn't go to sleep because I heard childish laughing and creaking, and my door would open, but I couldn't convince my mom to move out. Finally, the things attached. The invisible monsters hit me and tried to smother me with my pillow. I screamed and screamed and finally stopped once my mother turned on the light. My sister checked me for damage and I was covered in wounds and red marks and I still have the scars to prove it. We moved out the following day, even though four years had passed. 
I never forget to lock my door. Ah, yeah, that's probably uh, probably a sensitive person. Probably got some gifts. That's all I'm saying. I think we all have abilities, and and uh, I think that there's sometimes over others or some points in our life where we're more tuned into them than other times. But you know, I think that for all intents and purposes, we are all extraordinarily psychic. It's just most of us have forgotten. <laughs> so this one comes out of Missouri and I don't remember opening this, but it's here and it's puzzling me because I, I just had um, opened one story to read. But anyway, I'll read it. In, this comes out of Missouri. In 2005, my boyfriend at the time and I moved up into a two-story home in the town we were living in, and I didn't care for the house too much. It didn't scare me, but it did give me chills, and one night my boyfriend went upstairs to take a bath, and I stayed downstairs and was watching a movie. And after he had been in the bathtub for a while, he yelled out, asking me for a towel. So I went to get him a towel and started up the stairs, and at the top of the stairs, there's a bedroom to the left and to the right, and as I walked towards the bathroom door, I quickly glanced into the bedroom to the right, and I thought I saw something. But I didn't really pay any attention to it, and I went to open the bathroom door, but it was locked. And I told him to hurry up and unlock it. While he was getting out of the bathtub, I turned to the right and leaned against the wall facing the bathroom, or the bedroom, and that's when I saw it. Or him, or whatever it was. There was what appeared to be a little boy sitting on the bed in the room just staring at me. Its body was black, and you could see the shape, but that's what it was. I could see the eyes, though. It, I was terrified, and I started screaming and yelling for him to let me in. And I think that it was a demonic presence because of the way it made me feel. I've never been so scared in my entire life, and he finally let me in, and I made him walk me down the stairs, and boy, the boy was gone by then. And we moved out two weeks later, but before we moved out, I never went upstairs again, and I still live in the same town, but I will not even drive by that house. I'm still far too terrified. Yikes. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormalportalradio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormalportal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>